Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. Rotoballer's Premium DFS package includes 15 exclusive tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, our lineup optimizer, and so much more to help you win big. You can get access to our premium Slack channel where we chat about some of our favorite plays and strategy right up until lineups lock. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for 50% off. Use my promo code CATCHER for another 10% discount. It's a real win-win. Strike them out, throw them out. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio. Sign up today and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello, welcome to episode 12 of the Catcher's Corner. I'm Eric Samolski, joined as always by my co-host Sammy Ackley. Sammy, how are you surviving this New York City heat? By not leaving my house. I'm recreating the pandemic conditions of early 2020, and I'm sheltering in place yeah, within I said, my air conditioning. Like the, the school year ended, and it's like summer began, but I can't leave my house because no, it's you cannot, hot outside. The earth is melting right before your eyes. It's, it is brutal. And we were talking about this before. Speaking of melting, uh, there have been some meltdown pitching performances all across the league tonight. Um, it's been a pretty bad night for pitching here on, on this uh, Tuesday night. Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. my God. What is time? Yeah. It's a it's Wednesday a, night. Your brain is fried. That's what it is. I know. Um, one of the guys we talked about who struggled um, was Shohei Otani against your Yankees tonight. But we wanted to talk about him because you and I were were discussing this earlier if you had a vote right now for MVP, and I know you you have a problem with the MVP scenario, but yeah. are you voting for Otani or Vlad Jr.? Because that's the big question right now. Oh, you know how much I love Vlad because I ro- I've rostered him in our keeper league for about three years now, and he's delivering on his promise. But obviously, what Shohei is doing is insane, uh, and we haven't seen this before ever. So. He has to. He he would he would beat out any anybody at this point. I mean, the pitching and the hitting, leading the league in yeah. homers. I mean, yeah. So so I fully agree with you. I mean, he's leading the league with twenty eight home runs after his outing tonight. He still has a three point six zero ERA. But here's the thing: I keep reading on Twitter, which is really is pissing me off. Is like, how can he be the most valuable player if his team isn't going to make the playoffs and they're under five hundred? And I hate that argument. Right. And I we, hate that argument. So what should people with good GMs and uh, good organizations only right. get MVPs? Like that doesn't make and any I, sense. And I think that's the issue with the word valuable in there is they're like, oh, how valuable can a player be if his team isn't good? But right. baseball is not a sport that's won by one player, right? Unless unless yeah. you're talking about the one game that DeGrom is on the mound and the Mets can win, and even though they right, don't, right. but the Mets I mean, can win because of him. It's not won by one player. I think that it's been pretty clear to people that Mike Trout has been the best baseball player in the league for a handful of years now, and the Angels haven't won. So right. you can't just say, oh, he's not valuable because the Angels don't win. The team is constructed poorly. Poorly. So I, so I, that's poorly. a garbage argument, and we've got to get yeah, rid of that no, argument. And if that, and if that means we have to change the word or the, or the acronym – so that it's not most valuable player or you need to think about it as his value to the league based on like his value just to the to the sport of baseball and not to his team because i i I can't you cannot hold a guy hostage because how much worse would the angels be without otani (laughs) right and also look at okay so the the giants have the best record in baseball right now crazy 50 they're 50 and 29 which is crazy but yeah, okay, you're you're rewarding sense. you're rewarding the best player, you know, the best teams or whatever. So he's going to give it. Yeah, he's going to give it to a giant. Give it to him. Give it to yeah. him. Lock it up. Who cares? What What is your issue with the MVP race? I know you have an I issue just, with I the, hate, how it's I hate having I hate having dual MVPs. Like I, I don't like like I, I don't mind if they had an AL MVP. I don't mind the current setup if they if they would have put in like all right, well, we'll take the AL MVP and the NL MVP and we'll vote on who is the MVP to rule all MVPs. Like, yeah, you want a super I want MVP. One cl- yes, I want a super, like, you know, Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a good villain. Super Shredder, though, 
that was off the charts. So next listen, level. Yeah. Give me super MVP any day that we go regular MVPs. And I think I think that is a more likely possibility if the NL gets the universal DH. The issue right now is that the leagues, in my opinion, is the leagues don't play with the same exact rules. And I know that more affects like the Cy Young. That if Degrom, you know, has a great year, somebody's going to go, oh well, you know. And if sorry, Degrom is having a great year. If he has a year where it's more equal to like Bieber or Cole, even though Cole's fallen off, you'd be like, oh well, Degrom faces the pitcher, so it's not totally fair. And I just right. think until the leagues have the same rules, you're going to get those issues a little. Bit. Or maybe the baseball writers of America just don't want to be harangued even further, sure, by their votes. Um, and there's one more thing we want to talk about before we bring on our guests, and it's going to be a real good show today. Um, we we had an issue, or I had an issue today, and you and I were chatting about it. There were day games and there were night games. I sat a day player in favor of a guy who was starting the night game. Um, I needed stolen bases. Um, so I started John Birdie, who's been playing really well, stealing some bases. And I left you, uh, Luis Urias on the bench. Because he hasn't been hitting super well, but really it was just I wanted to pick up a couple extra stolen bases. Urias obviously had a great game. Birdie yep. not in the lineup tonight. So right. now that spot in my lineup is vacant. We do, cool. you and I play yep. in a daily moves yep. league. So that's why we can do this. Yeah. You said to me, always, you always roster the guy playing the day game. You always take the start. So if you have two guys, for me, if you have two guys, for one slot, let's say hypothetically, and you know one of them is starting, I always pop those guys in the early game. I'll always pop them in. And I'll try to find like, all right, well, maybe I can find a guy with a similar start time and put that guy in the utility spot so in case I can switch out. Uh, but I always try to get the guy who's got the start into the lineup first. Yeah, and I, I hear you in the utility spot, I think, is a good point that's been brought up a lot. You always want to give leave that utility spot flexible. This was a corner infield spot um, that was really just between those two guys. And, you know, I think it's, it's tough because it was a midweek game. I wasn't assuming that Birdie gets a rest. Um, and you know what's crazy? And you got four stolen bases without I know, I, get, I, got, I got four stolen bases <laughs> without like, You're um, playing for the stolen base, yeah. but you actually got them. And and maybe that's the universe's way of telling me, it's take like, the, the bird in the hand. Right? Take, that, take um, that smoking. Yeah, I still think, you know, it, unless it's a, a surefire better matchup, and maybe Urias against Arietta was a surefire better matchup. Um, it clearly was in hindsight. Um, yeah. But I still think that... I'll push back on always, but I think that clearly you were right in this situation. Well, I appreciate the acknowledgement. Of Thank course. You. I don't hear it. Um, we're going to get to the meat of our show um, and welcome our guest on today because we have a, a very exciting guest with us. Um, Max Bay from The Athletic. Max, say hi to the people. Hello, people. What's up, Max? How are you doing, Max? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Eric? Well, I'm all and right. Sammy. I'm all right. Uh, I'm I'm good. I I just I know I'm probably going to steal Eric's thunder here a little bit, but you know, I I just need to know what is a bioinformatician. <laughs> I have never heard the term before, and I'm very interested. It's not that exciting. It's it is to me. It's basically a person who does um, stats in biology. <laughs> that's that's basically it. All right, so so to me that sounds like you're taking in data from a human body and translating it. Is that is that accurate to say? That's that. There are some people who do that. Um, my like in general, the work I do is look at gene expression in cells in mice. So I'm like very far removed from people. That's the thing right. about science is there's usually a pretty significant distance between what you're researching and then the application i'm looking at thousands and thousands of genes and how they're expressed and then how those different expression levels uh like change different behaviors of self basically that's like that's sort of my job as a grad student at the moment that's that's amazing and you might be the smartest guest we'll ever have on this show i just want to make Hands that <laughs> you'd be surprised hands down, <laughs> hands down. Um, so why do we have you on a baseball podcast? So how did you get also into dealing with, with baseball as well? Oh man, that's a great question. You know, I, I wasn't, um, a, I'm not like a baseball, um, 
from day one type person. I didn't grow up loving this sport. I liked it. I played it as a kid. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then got back into it um, in my late 20s. And um, I already had like a, a um, significant programming background and a, a lot of statistical analysis and like experience. And I realized like, oh my God, this is the best place to be if you want to play with data because there's so much that's available right. and there are so many unanswered questions and there are constantly new questions, you know, um, with new players like that are achieving great heights or uh, going through slumps. Um, what's what accounts for that? So, you know, I not just making predictions and trying to understand, you know, uh, player performances, but all of the little things in baseball that, that you can um, uh, try to answer with numbers, essentially, like just captivated me. And now I'm hooked. Yeah. This is like your playground. Baseball has become like your literal data playground. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not alone. There's so many people, you know, with computational backgrounds who like encounter baseball either for the first time or like again. And they're like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. fun. We had a we had a, a guest on um, last week, Micah Henry, who um, is at Fantasy Central One on Twitter. But he brought up a really good point, which I think is there are so many people covering baseball that will look at things that you just can't understand. And I think that's the beauty of writing about baseball right now is like what you do, I would never be able to do, but I can take the information that you are able to process and give. And then mm -hmm. I can use that with my background and I can use that with my playing experience. And I can use that with the way that I see the game. And then it becomes a new thing. And I think there's this weird, you know, I, I was a terrible musician. So it's not like I'm making this music analogy out of some like, you know, deep passion, but it is a little bit like musical in that sense of like, you're going to do your mm -hmm. thing. I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it somebody new, something new. Somebody's going to take it. Somebody's going to make it something new. Um, and I just think that it's, it's an aspect of baseball that I don't think you get in a lot of these other sports. It's, it's funny. You should mention that. I, I really lean heavily on people with a, um, I think an intuitive sense of how the game works um, because I'm not an expert in baseball. Um, I think there are many people who have their different, you know, experiences at different um, levels of fandom and levels of like fantasy, um, you know, or, or whatever. But my understanding is, is limited to what I've seen and what I've seen in numbers, but I have learned so much just from talking with people who don't know much about, you know, like high dimensional statistics. And honestly, without, without people who just observe the game as, um, you know, like a human experience, I would be lost. And I think that there's, there's like a, a happy middle ground between, um, you know, statistics and understanding that this is actually a psychological game. This isn't, yeah. you know, these aren't truly like random numbers being generated. Yeah. It's, it's like um, a psychological game between you know the pitcher and the hitter and then the the fielders and all that and so yeah, yeah anyway I, I i've come to to appreciate um because uh, i've collaborated with people even as a as a grad student with other i've collaborated with labs outside of my own i've come to under appreciate that domain expertise um is something you need you can't just enter a field and expect that just because yeah. you're good at stats that you're going to be good at under, you know that you'll be able to understand it. So yeah, um, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. Yeah, I always look at baseball as like um, a relationship with a crazy ex-girlfriend, like because <laughs> it's it is literally the most unfair sport out of all the sports I've I've seen. Like it's it's like this crazy ex-girlfriend that you just can't quit, but it's, she's just like completely <laughs> insane. Like that's what it is. Yeah. It's like there's no rhyme or reason to anything that happens. Like you'll look at the numbers and you'll be like, oh well, this guy should be performing. And, Hits drop in when they shouldn't. It's it's literally the most unfair. Like there's a game. rhyme or reason over 162 games, right? But right. not within a game. And right, so you right. watch a game and it's chaos. Yeah. But it's not chaos when you zoom out. It all makes sense. Um, but that's the thing is that you don't actually take in the experience of watching this sport um, over over 162 games 
you take it in moment by moment. And so yeah. it's, it's like mostly chaos. that's like governed by some underlying yeah. principles, but it's right. Yeah. There's a lot of hell, a lot of chaos. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it's the most, it's the most stress inducing sport that is also at the same time, slow and boring. And it's, it's crazy how it's these weird mixes of things. Yep. Um, one yeah. of the things we want to talk to you about, uh, obviously is the, the work you're doing over at the athletic. Um, with stuff plus command plus uh, location plus, um, do you want to chat a little bit just about kind of how that the what those statistics measure and how they came to be? Yeah, sure. So, um, the short version of of the origin of all of those types of stats is that I um, was reading work by Ethan Moore, who is now uh, an employee with Minnesota Twins, and he. Uh, it essentially ge generated this pitch level run estimator. Like FIP is, it's not a pitch level run estimator. It's an ERA estimator that tries to ignore defense. And right. then there's like Sierra that tries to it, take defense into account and it gives ground balls like a certain amount of value. Uh, you know, ERA better than previous seasons. You know, we, I lost you guys. We're back. We, we you, you were back. We hear you now. So anyway, there, there are all these uh, metrics that have been developed to make, uh, to essentially evaluate a, a pitcher in a, a, as predictive a way as possible um, so that you're not just using the previous season's ERA to estimate the future season ERA. And you've seen that like FIP is better than ERA. XFIP is better than FIP. Sierra is better than XFIP. And then there have been some other ones, but there's been this this sort of like mission to under this. Wow, I said this is going to be the short version of this. <laughs> this isn't the short version at all. It's all interesting, um, regardless. Max, keep going. Sorry. So anyway, um, the medium to long version is that with pitch level data, you know, originating really with the pitch effects era, you have velocity, movement, location, and a number of other features of a pitch like the spin that you can use to uh, essentially evaluate pitches at an individual level. And so the thought is, well, what if you were to like come up with this model that sort of tried to predict what the run value of an individual pitch was given all of those features, you know, how hard is it thrown? Mm -hmm. What's the movement like? And, you know, where, where is it, does it arrive at the plate? Right. And then it, it could, you know, you might want to control for some other things like what's the count um, because right. the location value, like the run value of the location changes depending on the count in other words yeah, like yeah the there are different locations that are better or worse depending on the count right 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 so anyway so you take all these things into account and then you could like in theory you could um, basically come up with like a value of an individual pitch but if you like sum that over hundreds and then thousands of pitches right then you you have an evaluation of all of those pitches together and you can like clump them together you know by pitcher Right. And then say, actually, like, you know, without knowing anything about whether this was, uh, you know, hit for a home run or whatever, it's what should have happened, given the kind of like shapes of all these pitches. Right. So that was some work that Ethan Moore had developed. And he had a version of that when working with Eno Saris last summer or maybe the summer prior. I don't know. But a version of that that basically just eliminated the, the plate location information about a pitch. And it just looked at the shapes. And he called that stuff plus. And the idea is that you could, it's kind of like WRC plus or OPS plus where right. you just, you know, you, you normalize it to 100 equals average and right. you know um, everything else is like a scale, a fractional scale above that. Like, you know, right, like 10% right. better than average or whatever. Which I think is and, awesome because I was, oh, cause like when I saw the stuff plus metric, I was like, Dude, this is great because I love the OPS plus metric because like it tells me like how much better this player is compared to an average player. Hey, this yeah. stuff plus is the pitcher side of this. This is freaking awesome. I love it. <laughs> I was, <laughs> right. So Ethan po posted his code, like the entire uh, oh, oh nice. So nice. I took it and I first replicated his model and then I changed it with a system that runs more quickly and mm -hmm has a history of uh, making more accurate estimations of, of outcomes. I, I gotta say, I did so much of this work on the shoulder of Ethan's great work 
And um, if it wasn't for what Ethan did, I don't think I would have had like the foundation to kind of get into this so quickly. Yeah. So basically, I'm, I'm just trying to get an understanding and make sure that I understand. So basically, what you've done is you've stripped away a pitcher's name and taken his arsenal and graded it out, right? And said, hey, this is what these pitches collectively equal. And and that gives us an idea of what a pitcher looks like, right? Is that is that accurate to say? Well, it's kind of like X woba or x batting average right. or x slug right where mm -hmm. all you're doing is you're taking the the exit velocity and the launch angle and you're 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 saying what should have happened right and in small samples they won't match up necessarily and sometimes right. over large samples they don't match up but you know you it's informative right like if you see right, right. somebody's like having a hard time yeah <laughs> but yeah. they've got like a great x woba yeah. then there's something there, right? And so right, that's kind exactly. of that's the idea. That's like it's basically so it's basically that because XWOBA is a results independent estimator of uh, batted ball quality. This is a results independent estimator of pitch quality. And you got <laughs> and you guys just did an update on Stuff Plus, correct? Yeah. So there were some decisions about how essentially how the model makes its predictions that I, I baked into the original version that over time I realized were probably not optimal. Uh, but this last week, um, I changed, changed the model. Basically what I did was uh, Max, we lost you. Oh no. You're back again. So don't worry about it. Oh, I love a good internet is, is down. Break <laughs> in the podcast. Yeah. I think it's, that it's makes everyone favorite. human. Right. When yeah, you need that's, it. True. that's true. <laughs> Um, so, so, okay. So I included a, uh, a new, another predictor variable in the um, prediction of what the value of a pitch is. Um, that, that predictor variable was like, was spin efficiency. If you're familiar with that is, it was basically how much gyro spin is in a, was in a pitch. So, you know, like there's different types of sliders. Some of them are kind of like a bullet and right. Spin rate was something I looked at, but you know, a, a slider that's more like a curveball is pretty different than a slider that's like a cutter, which looks like kind of like a bullet spinning right, right at you. Yeah, right. And so, by including spin efficiency, I basically was considering like, is it spinning like this or is it spinning like that? Yeah, at you, you know, and that really actually mattered a lot in um, the the accuracy of of the slider estimations. But anyway, so there's yeah. that. And then also like some stuff like it was before it was trying to predict all fields out, all field outs as the same thing. And now I split up field outs into like pop up and fly out and things like that. And like oh, having smart. that additional yeah. granularity yeah, yeah, um, yeah. gave the model some more things to work with. Um, and, you, and you guys also changed the, the velocity on what, what is considered a fastball. Right. And I think that that was meant to, to make it account for like, cutters as technically a fastball because now we're seeing a lot more cutters used as as primary fastball pitches yeah that, that's exactly right so before what i did was i would evaluate not just the, the features of that pitch but also the features of that pitch against the fastball um, because it, it's that deception that really matters too so if you have a really good fastball that actually elevates the stuff number of all your other pitches too so even if you have like a mediocre slider if you got a, like a killer fastball that can that can mat that can help out your slider a bit right? right so anyway before what i did was i just said okay what's the average velocity uh, and then vertical and horizontal movement to a like that pitcher's fastball and then i would compute the difference against that but now it's within an appearance yeah. first of all so it's more sensitive to changes in the fastball within an appearance, which matters now, right? Um, yeah. That guys are degooping. De-gooping? Did you just call it degooping? That's great. <laughs> it's got to be I the best. We, we, it, needed right? a like, we needed a moniker <laughs> for it. That's perfect. <laughs> Unstickying. Yeah, the degooping <laughs> update on Stuff Plus. <laughs> I have all this code, and, like, so much of it is just degooping um script like degooping evaluation right i <laughs> so mean like, like that's that's kind of got to like change like some of the some of the metrics on on stuff plus right because oh yeah i mean if spin rates are going to be like drastically reduced it's going to change some of the some of the metrics here well and let's let's get into it when you're sorting by that are, are you seeing 
are there specific names that jump out at you when you're making these adjustments that are like, and again, we're going to, we're going to go on the, we'll make it clear. Like we're not saying this guy is definitely was definitely cheating before. We're just saying based on the numbers and the metrics, are there any players that stand out to you (laughs) that you're like, Oh man, the stuff has gotten way worse. I will say this much. Because I don't want to name particular players. Yeah, don't right name names. Sure. Give, give us a broad view here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the pitches most affected seem to be fastballs. Of any really? kind? Yeah. You might think it would be like curveballs. Yeah. But four seamers in particular, because it's the loss of, of ride that – a makes the fastball worse, but it makes everything else off of it worse too. Ah, that makes sense. I feel so, like I just got that. So okay, I'm gonna name a name. Ah. I'm gonna name a name, but not not because I saw like a dramatic change. Whether I did or didn't, I won't say. But Walker Bueller, what's going on with Walker Bueller? What's up with his K rate this year? I I was wondering the same thing because <laughs> this is a guy with like one of the best fastballs in a long time, right? I, yeah. And I, he still I, throws I, it a ton and it still works, but it does not get the same results at all. Right. Right. So Absolutely. what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, um, I was actually wondering <laughs> the same thing. Cause I was actually thinking about making a trade for him, but I was saying to myself, like there's something not right here with the K rate, like something's off. And I never thought that, you know, loss of spin or anything on a fastball was that big of a deal. I was, you know, connected it to off-speed or breaking pitches. I never thought that anything like that would kind of touch on a fastball. It makes the changeup worse. It makes yeah. the curveball yeah. worse. It yeah. makes everything worse. I you know, like just yeah. it's kind of like losing velocity. Um, for Kershaw, for instance, losing fastball velocity made the the uh, velocity separation between his slider yeah. and his fastball. Yeah. Um, smaller. And so guys could time it up better. Um, you know, it's like, it's really a three dimensional deception game that you're playing, right? Where your time, you're getting people off on timing and then um, X and Y coordinates, basically like vertical and horizontal coordinates. That's kind of the game in general that pitches are playing. They're trying to deceive you. And if there's less ability to deceive, then you, <laughs> you yeah. know these guys, these pro hitters are going to murder you. So uh, he's, I think the thing with Walker Bueller, I, I, and this is, I, I just want to say this because I've been, I'm a, a Dodgers fan. I've been watching him since his debut. Yeah, I, I've always thought like, man, this guy, I don't think he's going to age well. I just right. don't, because he just lives in the zone with this fastball. And how long is that fastball going to be great? You know, right. Like maybe I mean, for a long time. I don't know. Maybe he'll age like Verlander or something. Well, but. Yeah. I mean, guys find a way to reinvent themselves when everything's aren't working. But just to, just to bring up Walker Bueller in 2019, 10.6 K per nine. Last year, 10.3. This year, 8.8. That's a huge drop. Yeah. And this year, so, you have a ball with more drag. Yeah. So it should move more if you control for – if the conditions are the same. So he should be better. A little better. There's a reason the K rate went up, and it's not just poop. It, the mm-hmm. ball itself was different. Right. Right. So. So. Yeah. So for the for the lay people that don't have all the stats in front of them, we're we're telling them obviously to look at fastball performance. Are we looking at like fastball spin rate as well? If you see major drops in fastball spin rate, is that something that should set you know alarms off for for people? Uh, I think like it should raise some flags. Yeah. And is there a, is, is we're there so a early to into you? this and pitchers yeah. are adjusting too? I don't know exactly what to worry about yeah. if if you're playing fantasy, and I actually don't play fantasy, so I don't know what. Which is fine. Well, head to um, fantasy podcast. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm here, but I, <laughs> I just you know, um, you know, there are some pitchers who will make really smooth transition to um, different types of two seamers. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. There's been like a boost in the relative use of two seamers. I do right. think for somebody who's like ultra reliant on their fast on their four seamer, if you see a big drop in their four seamer spin rate, red flag. Models I'd run, um, like really simple models, but models that I built 
to val to make some predictions about what would happen showed that essentially you had like the fastest decline in like your, the quality of your pitch with per per RPM loss you had the fastest decline in a, a fastball. That's crazy. interesting. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, we could we could talk about this too, Sammy, because I mean, it was one of the things that you mentioned when we were watching the game on Sunday night. But you know, I know a, a lot. You know, Garrett Cole's name has been mentioned a lot in all of this, but just the the ineffectiveness of the fastball on Sunday. You know, he only got five. Uh, he only got five whiffs um, on the fastball, uh, which is you know normally he's getting way more than that. CSW was fine because he still got some called strikes, but the fastball was hit relatively hard. Um, you know, it had a max exit velocity over 113, average exit velocity of like 98. And you were watching the game, Sammy, because, you know, I it was the Red Sox beating up on the Yankees. So I know you were watching it. Yeah, um, I, I love being pummeled. I love I yeah. love. But that that's that's a good that's a good note to take. And it's something that's um, that's interesting uh, as we start to kind of try to make sense of this. The, this new world of degooping that we're we're living in. Um, Max, I got a question for you. Where where do so is is stuff plus kind of because I see it on on the athletic a lot, but how does that kind of filter into the broad like like fan graphs or all these other sites? Like how does a, a metric like stuff plus get incorporated into like baseball savant and stuff like that? How does it transition from just strictly being like from finding on the athletic to finding in more in more places. Yeah. Um, well, we're not really sure exactly how we're going to make this, uh, what, what the, what the long-term future of the yeah. like public dissemination of these types of data are. But, um, there is some, um, early progress on turning this into, um, like a publicly available okay. website or app. Awesome. Uh, and, and so we're, we're working on that. Um, and you know how that gets integrated, like Derek Cardi's projections, for instance, are, you know, like the bat and the bad X, those are all up at fan graphs and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe some of this stuff would eventually end, end up there. Um, I, I don't know, but, okay. um, the first step will be get, getting this like website slash app together. And yeah, I, that should happen pretty soon. I think we'll have something this summer. I think we'll have something this summer. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely be on it. And, and then let's, so let's say that does happen and everybody can start looking at stuff plus metrics for you. Where does, where does stuff plus fit in a larger of player evaluation? How should people take the information? If say in the summer that app exists and they can all of a sudden see all of it. So I, I'll say right off the bat that there's some shortcomings to stuff plus that, uh, um, will be difficult to control for. And oh, this I love it. Perfect timing. Yeah, you were going to talk about the shortcomings and the internet was like, no, Max, don't do it. Yeah, man. No. the NSA came in and was like, no. <laughs> um, simplest way I could say it. Um, and it's actually, it's like, it's kind of obvious. It's a pitch level evaluator, right? but it doesn't do a very good job of evaluating, say, tunneling. It doesn't do a very good job of incorporating the value of having a large arsenal. It, you know, like Stu's example, Hyunjin Ryu a lot, um, because he's, you never know what he's gonna throw at you. You know, he's just got this whole uh, like palette that he can toss at you at any time. Right. And that, that itself has value. Um, and so those sorts of things, it's not great, great at. And for that reason, it actually is not as good of a next season estimator as um, like Sierra, for instance. However, there's good reason to think that it can um, tease out real early on the quality of a, a pitcher um, who has made significant adjustments by either by, um, you know, like increasing velocity or adding a new pitch or somebody like an, a call up, you know, this rookie comes up and you want to evaluate their quality. Like you could look at CSW and that's a, that's a great stat, but you know, how long does it take before CSW is a meaningful predictor right. of future success? You know, is it one start, two, three? So the nice right. thing about stuff is that it really does not take very long to, um, you know, quote unquote stabilize. I think where it fits in is, it could probably be used in conjunction with some other information about a pitcher 
to predict future seasons. Um, but within a season, right, it can tell you a lot about what what you know. Um, it, it's it reacts very quickly to new information, is what I should say. Nice. So another example is somebody coming off the IL, right? right. Like when Chris Sale comes back, um, you know, everybody's in, interested in what kind of what version of Chris Sale we're going to get, and. I think I, I am too. And I really want to see stuff plus his numbers. And sometimes like they'll come in and they'll have a terrible outing, you know, uh, just cause they got really unlucky and they got beat up. But right. if you'll look at the underlying numbers and you're like, actually he looked great. <laughs> like, right. yeah. It's not just the velocity he had good movement and right. you know, there was good separation between these different pitches and stuff. And so, so how does that jive yeah. with, let's say, let's say if we're watching a Chris sales stat and stuff plus tells us, Hey, and you just been unlucky here, but we're watching it. We're like, eh, didn't look that well, great. At a certain point, it's not just luck. Like there's something else. Maybe he's tipping his pitches or something. Well, it's funny. That, that's really that's really the 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 fight here between you know progressive uh, baseball watchers and you know the older older generation, like previous yeah. generation. They're kind of like, hey, to hell with all the stats. This is what I see, and we're like data 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 and you know there's kind of like a civil war going on here somewhere in the middle i mean you can't have 100 percent faith in your model you have to know what its limitations are i mean like any good statistician is <laughs> is going to try to evaluate the limits of the predictive power of the tools they build right um anybody worth their you know wait like What's the term? Anyway, I'm tired. <laughs> Waiting <laughs> gold. Um, but I, so I guess if you're talking about weaknesses, are there? Do you have besides your own? Do you have favorite stats? Do you have stats that you think are perhaps either more accurate or maybe more reliable than others that you tend to look at? Tell me about the uh, well, stats the you hate. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a bioinformatician, so I'm a statistician essentially by trade, and so. Right. I always thought it was funny that we called these metrics stats. They are in a way, but they're actually just like evaluations of historical performance. Right? right. They aren't, they can be predictive because obviously historical performance is more predictive than no information. But, um, you know, if you're looking at WRC plus, it's what did that person do? Right. Right. And so right. for me, um, I'm, more interested in um, what should have happened and how is that good at predicting the future or how good is that at predicting the future? So in general, I'm more of like a, a, a predictive as opposed to a descriptive person. Um, there actually aren't that many predictive stats out there. Is there, how do we feel about, I don't, I know we don't want to give away too much of the information, but if we gave you a couple names of some, some hot, topic pitchers right now could we get a <laughs> look at at what some of their stuff plus numbers are sure yeah yeah uh, let me pull up let's see here the model's firing up perfect heating up okay so so who i would you like to look at i recently fell in love with kyle muller when i was watching him and i heard okay. Eno on the last rates and barrels suggest that maybe his stuff plus numbers weren't Great. So I'm curious where he ranks in the model. Kyle Muller. Okay. All right. So I just loaded him up. So I've got three appearances here. And the overall stuff plus on his basically three pitch arsenal, maybe more if he starts doing the sinker and the change it more. Uh, but the overall was 95 or 96. It's 95.7. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's like close to average, close, but not quite. Close right, to average, close to an and average. The, so the thing is, the, so he's got a a. I I have like kind of two versions of of stuff plus stuff plus within pitch types. So overall, sliders have higher stuff plus numbers because they are sliders generally are the best pitch. Um, right, and this bears out when you look at like the run value and strikeouts and. Um, and CSW and all that stuff, right? Right, right? Um, so but I have a within pitch type adjustment also, so it's within pitch type stuff plus where 100 is within that pitch type average, and so he actually has like below average, he has an a, 
like the overall stuff plus is above 100 for his slider, but within a pitch type, it's actually below average. So the slider is below average. It's 94.3. The curveball is 90. Uh, it's 94. The four seamers, um, 92. So, you know, kind of in the like, you got to be a control artist, <laughs> which he is, or command artist, which he is definitely not. Um, <laughs> and so that's but, concerning, right? Yeah, and I'm looking and at the location plus, and that's not good either. It's, it's not great. It's, what's it's all is, bad. Yeah, but what's and what's interesting, and, and I, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm curious about him as a, a test case going forward. Is you know, I I look at his stuff when I watch him, and I think, oh. This guy is has pretty good raw stuff. He's getting a lot of bad swings and misses. There's a lot of good movement on the pitches. And when you go to Savant and you look at, you know, the spin direction graphics, you realize that there there's a lot of similarity in the trajectory of the fastball and the slider. The curveball pretty much perfectly mirrors the fastball. So there is something to maybe the way the arsenal is put together that makes it more deceptive than you know, than the individual pitches. Um, and that's part of what you were talking about before about, you know, needing to look at the whole picture. And I'd be, I'd be mm-hmm. curious to see how, um, how may- maybe he falls on his face, you know, and maybe my, I watched him and was like, this guy's going to be legit. will be disproven by the data. We'll see. Uh, can we throw one more name at you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do just want to um, make one more note about, Kyle Muller yeah. here. Um, so let's see. So he's got he's got an interesting slider. He's got like almost a pure gyro slider. And his first appearance was after the um, the memo was dropped. And you know, I I think in general there has been some um, adjustment by pitchers to you know try to like change their their, their gooping routine or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good sign that you have somebody coming in um, who presumably was not gooped up, <laughs> but maybe he was before and that he doesn't have to make that adjustment and that he's been pretty good so far. I think, I think like, um, you know, over time you can look at results and balance that against this sort of information and say, well, you know, there's some skepticism here, some underlying kind of, um, you know, bad signs but right. if there's somebody keeps being good then at a certain point you're like there's something wrong with the model right. how the model looks right there are always pitchers that you know and players in general that will either out outperform or, or underperform their stats yeah i mean, I mean every, i'm not, I'm not year, gonna live and die by this model i'm not right an idiot, you know right. yeah <laughs> every like year we have that every year we have that conversation that's like andrew heaney's sierra is so much lower <laughs> than his era so andrew heaney's going to be so much better in the future and then it it just blows up because yeah. it's who he is. Um, but then you look I, at somebody. Okay, I mean, sorry. I no, go <laughs> go for it. But then you look yeah, at somebody thanks. like uh, maybe not a, a great name to bring up right now, but like uh, Marcelo Zuna, who last year finally o- overperformed his ex woba, right. and he was like an under a serial underperformer. It was like, what the hell's wrong? Right. And then he, first of all, he definitely hit the ball better last year. But he even got even better results than that. And so, you know, there are examples of year over year underperformers eventually kind of meeting um, the num- the the expectation. Um, and it's not clear whether that's just luck finally, good luck finally catching up with them, or maybe there is some kind of a small tweak they make. And it's especially difficult with pitchers because there's so much involved in the mechanics of pitching and deception. Yeah. Again, I'm um, going to reiterate: baseball is the worst sport the, ever. Oh man, worst. for sure. Yeah, uh, the like, other name I, I want I want to throw at you is just um, is uh, Tyler McGill, the Mets Mets rookie who had a pretty good performance against the Braves last night. Mm. Uh, big six six right handed pitcher, and I'm curious what Stuff Plus has to say about him so far. Doesn't like him. What? <laughs> Yeah, so it gave his oh, the overall stuff number is ninety three. Oh, uh, okay. So the overall stuff number was ninety three. Didn't like the stuff. It liked where he was putting the ball. So location plus is like the opposite of stuff plus, where it doesn't care about the stuff features of a pitch. It just cares about where it is. 
um, where it arrives at the plate. And it, um, you know, sort of evaluates like the quality of uh, where, where things were thrown. And it really likes him there. They, the location post was like a 107, which is probably like top 10 in baseball. Does that mean he can spot it where he wants it? Is that what you're saying? It's what it's that's well, I so it's not command per se because I don't know where they want to throw it. What it does right. know is that he's throwing it to regions that tend to have good value. So probably in the corner on the corners, right on the corners or outside, like some. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I got it. Some, it depend, it's kind of complicated, and I'm not entirely sh- sure what the how the what the model likes the most. You kind of have to go and dig through the model. I, I get, like, I get the, ju- I get the gist it. of it. I get the yeah. gist of it though. I get the gist. Of yeah, it. it's it's different right. from command plus, and that command yeah. plus is a, a real observations. It's like how close to the glove did they get? Right. Yeah. And this and is more, s- yeah, like where is it in a place that typically is good? Right. Yeah. And you can see if you look at you know just on Statcast the Illustrator from that game where he got you know nine strikeouts against the Braves. The fastballs are all up. The up sliders are all away. all away from oh, yeah. from righties. So you know. Um, I think this bears out a little bit with with what I saw. I mean, he obviously is not like a top prospect. He's not somebody with electric raw stuff, but you know that's a good offense that he handled um, pretty well. It really likes his change. He only, he's only thrown twenty five of them in total, um, but the the change it's giving a, a one one twelve stuff plus two, nice. and it's loving where he's putting it. Yeah, I, I would have thought his slider. I, I actually thought his slider would have been his best pitch, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, the slider it says is 102. No, not bad. And the Again, change it um, likes where he's putting it. Yeah. yeah, the change. You know, he got five whiffs on eight swings um, on the changeup. He had a 50 mm. CSW on that pitch in that outing. So, right. um, you know, maybe that's something that will that will change. And that is, I think I've heard you know say this before, but because the the model likes or assigns a number to a particular pitch if a pitcher starts to make a pitch mix adjustment then the right. stuff number can improve right because then the, oh, yeah. the model can say oh your you know your stuff is getting better because you're throwing your best pitch more often that that's exactly right yeah and and that's why i have see on the season stuff which is basically just the average stuff value within a pitch because i have stuff values of, of literally individual pitches um, and so that's just the average across all of your pitches across the entire season. But then, yeah, you can look within a, an appearance as well. And, you know, when we go on to make the app, that will be one of the things we want to offer, looking at different time windows as well as different appearances um, at, at a pitch type level. I like yeah. the fact that it's fluid like that, that it's that it can change depending on that kind of change. Because that's a huge deal, right? If somebody makes a change to a pitch mix it sh- and, you know, results in better, better metrics. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it can do that. And that's a good tip for people, you know, if when this becomes public at some point, or even yeah. if you are an athletic subscriber, which you should be, and you see Eno's rankings where he has the stuff plus metrics, you can look at changes between, you know, the the iterations of his rankings. And if you start to notice, oh, this pitcher has a pretty drastic shift in stuff plus in the three weeks since Eno has done his rankings, or when the information becomes pub- public, you see that change, you can start to then again because stats are part of a larger whole look at it oh the changeup rate has gone up more he's throwing that pitch more that's a that is a justifiable and tangible reason for him becoming a better pitcher yes yeah, yeah absolutely i it also you know can work in the opposite direction where you say a pitcher has not changed nothing but yeah. all of a sudden they have two blow ups uh, are the fundamentals broken are, are there issues that um, aren't immediately clear Sometimes it's like, oh, well, they're throwing the fastball slower, you know, like they right. lost two, three ticks, and that is the exp- explanation. But sometimes it's, well, maybe they're just throwing it half a mile slower, an hour slower, um, and it's lost some spin, and right. these other things. And so it all kind of accumulates into um, an ish, a, a reduction in quality that's pretty substantial. Yep. Um, the bottom, bottom falls out. The bottom falls out, yeah. And so you'll see uh, – okay, so this is not quite – that but I, I like Luis Castillo in his last this last month has been great right um, but he was pretty awful in April and <laughs> he certainly was not up to his standards yeah um, in April and May and stuff wasn't noticed that it totally tracked with it like and immediately there's this huge jump right at the beginning of June unlike everybody else who 
track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were covering Luis Castillo for a good yeah. solid month, month and a half. A while. And yeah. that yeah. and that's the and that's the beauty of what you're saying, right? Is it's not a predictive stat. So it's like it's telling you he's not throwing well right now, and there are reasons why he's not throwing well. And if you want to determine whether he will throw better in the future, you got to look into you know why he's maybe not performing well at yeah. this moment. Yeah, and that's the difficult part of making predictions is that these people can change. Like their true talent changes. If their true right. talent changes, that should manifest itself um, in the actual. Uh, shapes of pitches and you know that will then hopefully you know kind of be captured well by stuff plus and if yeah. um you know if you see that a pitcher's uh stuff is is stable yet they've had a couple bad outings it's that's a good sign <laughs> right um but, uh, but it's a little fluky. if stuff goes down and they um start to crash well that's kind of the value i think yeah. you where you can you can balance this information against what you're seeing on the field. Um, you know, knowing what the limitations of stuff plus are knowing what it is and isn't telling you. Yeah. Well, it's all super interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about the possibility that it may maybe be in our hands to kind of play around It'll with and be and out there. It, out. I'm determined yeah. to get this out. It's just a matter I'm of just way. saying, I'm just saying like, you know, once it drops, we get, you know, exclusive access. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's uh, the opposite I'm, of what I want to do. I'm, co- yeah. I'm coming at you, Max. Coming at you. Like, you just got to be, you got to be there waiting around the corner for, you know, the debut. Like it's a brand new sneaker or something like that. Yeah. Sammy, and you got to just I'll, get on it. I'll, I'll follow oh. Max around on social yeah. media. <laughs> Oh, that's that's uh, exactly the way to my heart. <laughs> uh, Max, thank thank you so much for coming on. Thanks we really appreciate on, it. And um, you know, I know I know you're you're tired, and you know we appreciate you you battling through the internet for us. Well, I appreciate it, you guys. I uh, would imagine you're more tired, given that you're out on the East Coast. Dude, this was super interesting. Yeah. Uh, love hearing about this stuff because I, I I legit thought the the metric was so interesting to 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 read about. Um, so it was, it was awesome having you on for real. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Max. Have a good one. Take care. Bye guys. Bye. Um, so we don't want to give away too much of, you know, what's behind the, what's behind the scenes because people should pay for the athletic. Um, it is a paid subscription, but there were a couple things that I, that jumped out to me, um, when they changed from the new stuff plus metric or from the old stuff plus metric to the new stuff plus metric. Um, and there are a couple of guys that really jumped. One of which is your boy, Sean Manaya, um, whose stuff plus metric went from an 84.3 to a 103.3, uh, which, My man. which made him the seventh. He had the seventh most positive movement um, of anybody. So- are you saying that I am ahead of Stuff Plus? I, I think you're saying. I think, I think that's what you're saying. I that's think stuff, saying. stuff Plus started picking up what you were putting down. Putting down, right? Yeah. So, um, an- another that, big take that algorithm. Um, another big jumper was Ter- was Tarek Skubal, and you know I'm not sure whether that was just because of um, some changes in in the pitch mix or in the way that the the pitch mix or the Stuff Plus was calculating it. Um, Somebody who changed, uh, who was the fifth highest increase in Stuff Plus was friend of the podcast, Marcus Stroman. Oh. Um, well, I mean, I that, lot- change up, that change up that he, that he developed for lefties, um, I would assume would be a huge reason why, right? I think that's part of it. I think it's also, um, you know, I, I, need to, I would need to look at the – the spin on his slider, which what it particularly uses, if it if it's part of the gyro spin that Max was talking about, I think also the fact that he uses a lot of different pitches um, yeah. as fastball variations, and they well, lower the did velocity. Say that, yeah, like the entire yeah. arsenal, you know, um, you know, if you can overwhelm somebody with different pitches, right, uh, and the tunneling um, part too, yeah. And then another interesting guy, because he's on the IL right now, but he should be coming off soon, is Austin Gomber who had the fourth biggest improvement in Stuff Plus, uh, jumped up to 99.2, which is still slightly below average. But yep. um, he's got good numbers in Colorado, too. 
Um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, people get scared of any pitcher pitching in Colorado. Yes. They don't care uh, what metric tells them, whatever. It, right. it doesn't matter. It can tell them this is Cy Young incarnate, and they will right. not they will not pick him up. Um, one of the biggest droppers um, was Kenta Maeda, actually. Um, he dropped from 114.1 down to 99.9, which essentially makes him a league average or an average pitcher by stuff plus. God, so glad I traded him. Um, and I thought that was interesting because, you know, who knows if that's still baked. I mean, he we know he's struggling right now. Right. Um, struggled yesterday. So yep. maybe that's not, a necess- that's not necessarily an adjustment to his true talent, but just kind of saying that, you know, he's – not throwing the ball particularly well right now. I feel um, like this this stuff plus thing. I feel like this metric is going to be really good. I don't know. It's like we're sitting here talking. We're talking about the the thing is fluid, right? So like it, it, it's not like strict. It, it'll change if somebody makes a change. And I feel like the people that you're talking about, like the ones that have made a rise, have made some kind of change yeah. that facilitates what stuff plus is saying like so it makes sense right like we talked about Manaya picking up velocity and like you know that that's changed and we were just talking about the fastball right right like so there, there's a rhyme and reason when you're talking about the metric so i actually liked it from the get um yeah. super, super hyped on it yeah I, th- I think it'll be really interesting when you when we have access to all the information and we can not only use it to make decisions but to also see you know where the where the the drops and where the rises and falls are basically. I do, I do like, I do, I, do like I do like Tyler McGill though. Well, that's, and listen, but this will, this will be interesting because I, I think, you know, I know that stuff plus stabilizes early, right? Like Max was saying. Um, and you can see the value of the pitchers, individual pitches. But I think that also you've got rookies early on, who are you know dealing with adrenaline, dealing with comfort level, and I think that sometimes you just see, you can still see in a pitch like, right. I like that pitch. I like you know right. the way he throws it. That's my thing with with Kyle Muller, right? I understand that you know the the me- the stuff plus metrics right now don't love him, um, slightly below average, and also has bad location, but 95. like five point seven, right. This is yeah, a, but this attention. is a kid. This is attention. a kid who, in the first inning, throws a three-two front door slider to Joey Votto, that starts at his belt and breaks over the inside part of the plate and buckles Joey Votto's knees. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you then tell me that pitch might not be might not Good. be great right. when you're connecting to all the other sliders, but. If I see the balls to throw that pitch to a hitter like that as a rookie pitcher, and it and it works, and I'm like, okay, I, I like, I like the way he attacks, and I like the way. But I think that sometimes we we do that, right? You see the way a pitcher uses the arsenal, and sometimes you've you've got guys who maybe the stuff doesn't rate really well, but the way they use it makes it look even better. Um. I think the you know that his stuff plays well together. We'll see what happens. He's going to start this weekend against Miami, um, and I will run him out there in our league because I'm you know confident. What, you know what it is? It's that triple C. It's the triple C's. The catcher's corner confidence, baby. Like we don't need a metrics. We have our ojos, our eyes. We see and we like. That means it's all good. It's true. Except you know you've got moments where we. Trade Kyle Schwarber in May, like I did. <laughs> that that's been wow. Like we and, and at the beginning of that, so Eric traded Kyle Schwarber for Mitch Haniger. Was it straight up? Was it a straight up deal? It was. It was worse than that because I also I traded Kyle Schwarber and Ian Anderson for Mitch Haniger and uh, TJ Anton. Right and. I Schwarber was really struggling at that point. I believed in the Hanniger bounce back. I still do. He's he's hitting the ball well. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah and I, I I believed in the Hanniger bounce back. And I thought if he's healthy, he's going to be a better player than Schwarber on the year. And then I was bank. I I'm not a huge Ian Anderson guy. The more I watch him, I think he's fine, but I don't think he misses a lot of bats. And I think that you know his um his 
his it's just not he's not an exciting pitcher to me. His stuff Kyle plus Schwarber if you want to know 16 home runs. I know. I know. The I minute understand. you traded him, Eric, it's I'm, all no, your no, fault. I traded him in May. Thank you Whatever. very much. Traded him at the Whatever. beginning of May. You're the impetus. I was, I was banking on TJ Antone, you know, you taking knew. over the closers. Schwarber did not like his your your disrespect. No. He 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 made me pay for it. And now I sit here, and every home run is a stab. I'm <laughs> being reminded yeah. of what was. Um, well, well, this was a super in- interesting episode. Yeah, I think I think we I, definitely had the smartest guy that we'll ever have on this. It was on the show. Um, we appreciate everybody for hanging through with us for this one. We know it wasn't as uh, fantasy specific, but I think it's a good metric that will help us in the future and understanding how these stats work um, yep. helps us to understand how to evaluate these players. So as always, um, please download the podcast, leave a rating and review so Sammy and I can know how we're doing. Um, you can even check out my – Even if it's terrible, tell us. Yeah, just tell us it's bad. That's yeah, fine. That way matter. we know to make it better. Yeah. You know? Um, you can read my writing at Samsky NYC. Um, I've got a video breakdown of Kyle Muller coming out this week. Uh, so excited. you'll see – You'll see why I like him. I wrote a piece uh, just today about uh, when to pull the trigger on adding rookie pitchers um, and some rookie pitchers that I think you should or shouldn't be adding. Uh, Tyler McGill and Kyle Muller both feature in that piece. Always likely reading your stuff because I know what exactly exactly what you're thinking, so I can. Understand. Yeah, and it's a it's waiver night tonight, so right, maybe you'll maybe you'll jump me for some guys. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Sammy, we'll see. always a pleasure, my friend. Later, brother. 